Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Power Ranking Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and the easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games that are available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And that, of course, is the voice of at Marcus underscore Mosher. This is the Power Rankings podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings show. I'm used to seeing just the two of us. I'm seeing like all six squares. Maybe I need to do something with my Zoom. Our show looks like the Brady Bunch to me right now. Oh, cool. So wait, go. if I do this, I'm looking at you on my screen. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Is it like Gianna's above you and Marcia's yeah. beside you? Do you remember the order? I don't know if I, it was, was it Mr. Brady well, the, in the, the middle? Uh, yeah, Mr. Brady was in the middle and then Alice was in the middle, right? Alice, the housekeeper? Yeah, I think she was in the middle and the mom and dad were at the top and the bottom. And then the, ah, kid, the girls okay. were on the left and the boys were on the right. Right, in, in descending order, right? Like yeah. Greg, Peter, Bobby, and then uh, what was it? Marsha, Jan, Jam. Cindy. Yeah. Did you say Jam? Jan. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember the episode where Alice, they thought they are going to have to, she's going to have to quit her job or they were going to have to get rid of her because of the powder they were using on the dog, like anti-flea powder. Yeah, she was allergic, allergic to it. Do you remember the episode yeah. where uh, Marsha broke her nose? Of course. I mean, that's like, you literally like, that's like asking me, hey, do you remember the Guns N' Roses song? It was called Welcome do, to do, the Jungle. Do you remember when Joe Namath, how, to tie this back into football, do you remember when Joe Namath was on the Brady Bunch? <laughs> yes, he was not the only football star. Uh, Rosie Greer and Deacon Jones tried to get Peter to join the uh, Glee, or tell Peter that joining the Glee Club was cool. Uh, the singing club. Okay. Well, hey, great start. <laughs> really great start. So I told Marcus last week uh, that I thought I had a pretty good grip on who my playoff teams were. And so we wanted to talk about it a little bit. We're just going to talk NFC today. And I've got my 17 playoff field. I've already got them seated. Uh, if you're watching along on Brinks TV or believe we, we the rundown right now doesn't show them because Marcus doesn't know what they are. And then I have a bonus team that's kind of like my version of um, the 2022 Lions that pesky team that's coming down to the last day of the season that nobody was expecting, and they're going to end up being the odd man out. But then everyone's going to say, hey, wait till next year. So I've got that team as well. They won't be able to run down. I'll do that at the end. And so uh, if we could show our playoff field, here is uh, Mark. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, yeah, got it. Never mind. I was going to say, uh, first of all, I mean, take a look. Is anything shocking you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I well, think you guys just, are I think listening you can... along. We won't spoil it. Yeah, we won't spoil it. 
but uh, so I want to get into the uh, seventh team, but we've got an eight slot here, an eighth seed that's open. And for the eighth seed, I'd like to do Marcus's state fair experience. Uh, I literally, you know, you, you would think that, I mean, all he talks about are football cards and sports gambling and fantasy and the Cowboys backup right guard. And occasionally right now in camp, right now between TJ Bass and Josh Ball, really, really caught. Occasionally he talks about his family or that he has a second child going on the way or coming on the way. That's Mm -hmm. like 1% of the time, frankly. Uh, But in terms of like eating options for the state fair, I got a phone call literally asking me what I would like, what would be my plan of attack? This is serious. So, uh, What'd you end up doing at the state fair? Yeah, so merry go round. Did we, you know, now, I didn't do any rides because I know mixing the food and the rides together is another good, uh, not a good choice. So I, I tried to stick just to foods and walking around. So just to quickly, wanted to get something as like an appetizer. So I went with the cheese fries with some onions on it. Absolutely fantastic. But you got to make sure to stay away from like the really thin fries. They just they don't hold the cheese particularly well. So I went and got the big thick cut fries absolutely fantastic then i went to a brick oven pizza where you got two slices and a coke for i think 10 bucks so good and then to cap it all off i went and got some deep fried oreos as a state tradition uh my gosh after about the fourth one i was good can you name three vegetables uh there was tomatoes in my uh (laughs) pizza sauce yeah Sweet, sweet. I mean, I haven't been to a state fair. You know, we had the state fair in Texas, and uh, I don't think there's a state fair in California. Where where else has, like, big state fairs? I I can't even think. I always just heard about the state fair of Texas. Is there a state fair of Pennsylvania? I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very good. Well, okay, now that we get that important piece of business out of the way, we want to talk our playoff field. Marcus has seen the teams. If you're not watching along, you can't see them. But uh, the number seven seed, are you a little shocked? I mean, a little. I, I think everybody expects the Chicago Bears to make an improvement this year. They've added a ton of talent. You just wonder, like, are they going to go from a team that had the number one pick to nine wins in one year? It, it's happened before, so I could see it happening again. But uh, it happened last year at Jacksonville, actually. But I, I, I still think this Bears team is probably one more solid offseason away. They might be, but there's always a team we think that about, and then they end up making the the postseason. Um, you know, the, I would say the classic case of this would be the Bengals in 2021. That's all I heard about them was that they're an offseason away. I don't think the Bears are a Super Bowl team, but I don't think the any of the defections they've had, like David Montgomery is kind of a well-known player that's no longer playing for them. But you know what? At running back, I think anybody you pair with Justin Fields is going to be 25% more effective right. because of Justin Fields' running ability – Justin Fields last year as a runner himself, not just as a decoy, was absolutely outstanding. The real key to the Bears in my mind, because their defense is better, Marcus, on paper. There's no question about it. The big question in my mind is, where's the passing game going to be? That's it. If they can get even middle of the league passing offense, I think this is a playoff team. But can they do that? Do you think they have the talent at the outside spots and tight end to do that? Oh, absolutely. I love the addition of DJ Moore. I still really like Darnell Mooney. I think Chase Claypool is going to be much better this year. I hope so. Yeah, Cole Komet signed a contract extension. Like They certainly have the weapons to be an average passing attack. And I think 
that's what you're anticipating here. Like if they're an average passing team, they're probably going to get to eight or nine wins. I think a big red zone year from Cole Komet would be really key for this team. I don't know that they're going to be a 30 points per game team. I don't think they are. I don't think they're going to be anywhere close. So they can't, they just can't afford to not make the most of their red zone opportunities this year. They've got to be able to punch the ball in because I just don't think they're going to be able to come back the next drive and go right down the field. I think they need to play defense, running game through their quarterback, and then good kicking game, good special teams, and good red zone offense. And I think this is a 9-8, and eight, uh, 7 seed. At the 6 seed, got another team from the NFC North, uh, Minnesota Vikings. Now, I don't think the Vikings, Marcus, are going to have anywhere near the record they had last year. They won a heck of a lot of games where they went like, what, 13-4, and 14-3 and mm-hmm. last year. They won all these games at the end. I think this is at best a 10-win team, but I think they're good enough in a weak conference to solidify a playoff spot. I've seen a lot of people project the the, the Vikings to finish third, or maybe even fourth in the NFC North, and yeah. I just keep coming back to, do they have the best quarterback in the division, in your opinion? Yes. Do they have the best, Do they have the best wide receiver in the division? Yes, unquestionably. Off- best offensive player in the division. Do they have... One of the best offensive lines in the conference, I, I would argue, have, yes, for right? sure. For I sure, think they, I think they have a big upgrade at defensive coordinator in Brian Flores. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit worried about the talent uh, on the defensive line in the secondary, but when you have a good quarterback and a dominant receiver and a really good passing game, and don't forget about T.J. Hawkinson, who was lights out when they traded for him last year. I think this this has a chance to be the best and most efficient passing game in the NFC. And if they're number one and number two in yards per attempt and passer rating, they're going to win double-digit games this year. I, I agree. In fact, I had a really difficult time seeding them and our number five team, Dallas. I think it could go either way between these two teams. I see both of these teams as 10 and seven teams. Uh, the Cowboys have a little bit of a tough schedule. I do think the Cowboys are slightly better on paper. Uh, we will see their Obviously, you cover the Cowboys for Locked On all the time. Uh, am I being pie in the sky by saying they're going to win at least 10 games? Because I know you've been a little bit skeptical about it. Oh, our friends at Bet Online have their win total at nine and a half. So pretty close to what you have. I, I'm going 10 and seven as well. I think 11 and six is also very realistic. They've got a tough schedule. Uh, we'll see how they can handle some injuries. I don't love their depth at some places, especially no. on the offensive line. But they have a chance to be the best defense in the league. They have a chance to have a top five offense. I will say one of the positions that really worries me is kicker. They just don't have a proven kicker. And that's going to matter in some of these really close games against Buffalo and Miami and the Jets and the Eagles and the Giants. You need to have a good kicker to win those games. I don't think there's any question about that. I, You know, I, this is a big year for the quarterback. There's no question. Uh, they got Brandon Cooks. Um, I, I think the Cowboys are going to have to do at least something more offensively this year, even though they've been very good. Their defense, if, if they're going to go far, because this defense last year was outstanding and the defense wasn't the problem in the playoffs. So, um, you know, but I also trust that their offense can do it. And I'm a big believer also in Tony Pollard. You know, I, I told you, I think he's going too low in fantasy drafts. The real question about Tony Pollard is, can he hold up? Because we've never seen him hold up before. But that doesn't equate to he can't hold up. It's just that we haven't seen it. So uh, it'll be interesting. It'll also be interesting to see who the Cowboys thumper is going to be. Who's going to be the guy when they're inside the five? Who's going to score the touchdown? Similar to the Bears, 
this team cannot uh, give Philadelphia a run for its money if it struggles in the red zone. Would you agree with that? I would agree. Yes, they have to be efficient par- there. Partially because you don't want to lean on the kicker, right? Yes. And with no Ezekiel Elliott, you need somebody that can punch it in. I don't know that Dak Prescott's that guy. He was that guy early in his career. I don't know if he's that guy anymore. I don't know how tough of inside runner Tony Pollard is. It may be up to one of the other backs. Uh, we'll find out uh, more on that. Number four was really tough. Really, really tough. I considered a couple options here, but number four is my weakest division winner. It's the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. I think Derek Carr has a lot to prove this year. Uh, Michael Thomas, I told you, was somebody that I was looking forward to seeing playing again. I still think there's some talent on the defensive side of the ball. I wish I trusted the coaching staff a little more than I do on this team. Yeah, and that's where I'm at because you look at this roster. I, I love it. I think Chris Olave is going to have a monster season, like 1,400 He's your favorite yards. player in the NFL. He, he might be. The offensive line's really good. The defensive line's got a lot of talent. The secondary's healthier than ever. I, this roster is just really, really good. But I don't know about the quarterback and the head coach. And that's typically a bad spot to be in if you've got major questions about them. I actually trust Derek Carr a lot more than I trust Dennis Allen. And if those guys are both, you know, below average at their respective, you know, spots, is the Saints team could struggle to, to close out games. Did Dennis Allen make it through Carr's rookie year? No. Carr was a rookie in 2014, and I don't think he did. I'm trying to remember if he got fired in the middle of the year or what I, happened with him. I don't him. think he made it, no. Yeah, Um I think Derek Carr has a lot to prove. And and when you have a veteran quarterback who's seen just about everything, this is year tier 10 for Derek Carr. Uh, you know, I think he was due for a bounce back anyway, but now there's an added layer to that. And he's in a really weak division, man. I mean, that's the other thing. And I believe the NFC South is playing the AFC South this year. The schedule's not all that hard. Of course, that's true for their division opponents as well. But um, I like the Saints the best. And number three, I don't think this is any surprise. I've got the Lions winning the NFC North. I still have some questions about Jordan Love. Thank goodness we can see all of the Packers practice to really gauge a lot about <laughs> state secrets. Um, so my, you know, my question for you about the Lions, sure. what makes you feel the most comfortable about them this year? It's time. It's time. I, I think the entire organization, top to bottom, you know, I, I always say to you, um, it's kind of one of my little things, that these guys are not numbers on a page. They're not. You know, at the end of the day, as much as I love Lindy's as well, <laughs> these guys actually had to go out and play the games. There's a little plug for Lindy's. Go get yeah, your yeah. Pro Football Preview magazine right now. It's a line item on every guy on the roster. It's really mm-hmm. cool. So if you just want one little fact about every guy on your favorite team's roster, go check it out. Um, but what I would say to you is I think the entire organization wants to get this right. Now, I'm not saying that that's any different than any other team, but there's an added layer here, kind of like for Derek Carr, that this is a team that's won one playoff game since they beat the 49ers in 1957 in the playoffs or the Browns in the championship. I mean, like literally uh, this is a team that has to turn it around. And I think there are a lot of motivated players on this team. And I'm going to start right at the quarterback. You know, not only did Jared Goff hear the noise about how the Matt Stafford trade and he was the bad end of that, like they were traded one for one, which they weren't, by the way. But I think he also is aware that people don't trust that he's going to come back and play like he did last year. And quite frankly, I don't think this division has any team that's clearly better than them. I think it's between Detroit and Minnesota. I think it's, for me, it's Aiden Hutchinson. I I just, 
for some reason, I get the feeling that not only is he going to be a great player, but he's going to be like a culture changer in that locker room. And we saw it last year. Like, he played so hard. He won them some games down the stretch because of his effort. I just think he's going to take the next step as a player, and he's going to rally that defense to be – I don't think they're going to be a top 10 unit, but somebody, something that's respectable because for most of the year last year, they weren't that. I mean, you look at a lot of the great pass rushers in history. I'll go with somebody near and dear to your heart who recently made the Hall of Fame, DeMarcus Ware. Good pass rusher his first year. You know, he's solid, had like eight sacks. 2006, he was a star. Yeah. You know, it, it's that second year for a lot of these guys. Julius Peppers was like that. Howie Long was like that. Not everybody can be Lawrence Taylor, you know, coming out of the gate in year one. J.J. Watt was like that. Modest rookie year in 2011 came on. Now, what makes a pass rusher's job a lot easier is having a secondary that can hold the fort. The Lions improved their secondary crew in the offseason as well, Marcus. So I, I, I think on those reasons right there, I like this team. Of course, I'd love to see their first-round draft picks to pay, pan out because yeah. they drafted a running back and an off-the-ball backer, two positions you're a huge fan of. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's go to number two. I don't think this is a surprise unless you feel like this team is ready to overtake Philadelphia. And that's the San Francisco 49ers. Speaking of uh, the Eagles, they did get Hargrave, the uh, penetrating defensive tackle. But the 49ers got a little thin, kind of like Dallas. Are you a little bit worried about depth with this team? I think they're closer to three than they are one. I don't okay. love the vibes going on for the 49ers right now. Let's Let's just go through a couple of them. You have Nick Bosa holding out for a contract, has not mm-hmm. practiced once yet this offseason. Not with the team. So still holding out, willing to hold out in this season. He's somebody who's dealt with some injuries before. I've seen this happen time and time again. Guys hold out for these deals. They get the deals, and they tweak a hamstring in week one, trying to rush themselves back. Right. George Kittle has not practiced yet as he continues to deal with an injury. Has not played a single uh, rep in training camp. You've got a quarterback issue, a quarterback situation where – Brock Purdy is, was being kind of rushed back to get on the field. He's having an up-and-down training camp. You've got Trey Lance still trying to find out what his role is. Uh, Elijah Mitchell still banged up. You don't have a lot of depth on defense. Trey Greenlaw has not practiced yet in training camp. It just, I, I just wonder, like, was last year the best opportunity for this 49ers team to potentially make a run now that some of these guys are just getting a little bit older? It, you might be right. Um, I'll say this, though. With a seven-team playoff field and a 17-game schedule, starting 0-2, let's say, because guys are rusty, just isn't as devastating as it used to be. And believe me, starting 0-2, the data when we played 16 games was devastating. If you were 0-3, you could almost forget it. I don't have any doubt the 49ers are going to make the playoffs. Like, they're going to make the playoffs. But seating is so important here, right? Like, do you really want to go to Philadelphia and play on that field in that weather? Or would you rather have them come to California and play? You know, that's why I think it matters so much. I think if if they had to play Dallas in Dallas last year, I think they would have lost. If Brock Purdy had to go on the road and play, I think he would have struggled. Well, I, that's going to bring me to Philadelphia a little bit, too. And I want to rope Dallas into this because I, I, I do think that Philadelphia, San Francisco and Dallas are my one, two, three. If we were doing like seating based on the strength of the teams, but we're not. Um, the Eagles are my number one team. That said, at the end of last year, Jalen Hurts got banged up. The team wasn't as effective offensively without him. And when you talk about a top team in the conference, and I think you and I both agree, personnel-wise, this might be the best team in the league, period. AFC or NFC. I I think it is, yes. NFC is a weaker 
conference, Philadelphia is not a weaker team. The one thing that can take any of these teams down, uh, and we'll get more on the Eagles in just a second, but is having your quarterback go down. So which one of these teams is the best equipped to handle that? Is it Dallas with Cooper Rush because he's been there so long and he did so well last year and the players are confident in him, even if they didn't put up big numbers? Is it the 49ers who went and got Sam Darnold, who's got great talent, who's made some plays in camp and preseason? Or is it Philadelphia? Kyle Shanahan just announced today that Sam Darnold's their number two quarterback. Right. So who who is best equipped to deal with, okay, we could lose our starter for a few games and we're not going to lose our position? I'm not convinced that Sam Darnold wouldn't be an upgrade over the starter for the 49ers. So I think it's got to be the 49ers, right? I mean, if you have another quarterback that has, you know, was a number three overall pick in the draft and it's got mm-hmm. ridiculous arm talent, that's still only probably 25, 26 years old. I, I think it's them, especially considering what we've seen from Marcus Mariota with the Eagles, where he's been yeah. so bad in the preseason, where you wonder, is he even going to make it out of camp? He's been that bad. Yeah, I, I think Philadelphia is in the worst position here because Dallas with Cooper Rush, you saw the way the defense rallied around Cooper they played better with him you know the Cowboys weren't putting up 35 a game with Cooper Rush I mean they were winning close games he made the plays when he had to I want to give him credit he may not have tons of talent he knows how to run that offense I think he would he go five and one Marcus four and one yeah five and one he lost a tough game in Philadelphia where they got it going in the second half but it was a little too little too late um but Philadelphia I agree with you is in the worst spot it's kind of where I was headed with this now if we put that aside and Jalen Hurts stays healthy, this team has got to look at anything less than the Super Bowl as an organizational failure. Kind of like the Lions can't be 9-8 and eight missing the playoffs again and yeah. say, hey, you know, we had a winning season. I think for Philadelphia, they knew they had that Super Bowl last year. And they're to me, they're somewhat in a similar position as the 49ers after the 2019 Super Bowl. Sure. And I feel like the 49ers have been trying to claw their way back to getting a championship since then. Um, do you think this is the year for the Eagles? I do. I, I think they just got a great combination of the offensive line is seasoned, but it's not old, right? Like you can have an old offensive line. I think the Cowboys have an old offensive line. That's not the case for Philadelphia. They've got a quarterback who's improved every year. They've got awesome skill players. They've got a defense that's really young and athletic up front. I, I will say, Elliot, like if I if you gave me the field versus the Eagles this year in the NFC, I think I would take the Eagles. Yeah. If we go past the Eagles real quick and just look, by the way, again, just to go over my uh, playoff seating, I've got the Chicago Bears getting the final spot in the playoffs. I've got the Vikings in the six hole. Uh, Dallas is the best wild card team at five. New Orleans at four is the NFC South winner. Detroit as the NFC North winner at three. 49ers as the NFC West winner at two, and the Philadelphia Eagles as the NFC East winner in one. So the NFC North sends three teams uh, to the playoffs. If we were looking at this as a as a real playoff field, you would have Chicago going out to San Fran, right? You'd have Minnesota going out to Detroit, and you would have Dallas going out to New Orleans. What would which game would be most right for an upset? Probably Dallas going to New Orleans, right? It's just so hard to play there, uh, you know, in a playoff game. The crowd would be so loud. That defense would be flying around. Uh, that's probably the game that I would be the most interested in. I, I, I actually think Detroit would handle Minnesota pretty easily. 
Well, maybe maybe you're right, but then Kirk Cousins could have one of these games that he has where he's he's a streaky player, man. And can, I remember when he went to New Orleans and beat them a few years ago. Can I give you one team that I'm actually kind of surprised is not on your list here? Yeah, because I've got one for you. So go ahead. I'm shocked that you don't have the Seahawks on here. Why is that? Because I think if you're ranking the coaches in this conference, Pete Carroll mm-hmm. is a top five coach in the NFC. Is that is that fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're ranking the quarterbacks in this conference, and I think Geno Smith is a top five quarterback in this conference just based on what we saw last year, right? You look at the weapons, mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic with Metcalf, Lockett, and JSN. They've got two really good running backs. Their offensive line was really good last year, and they've made mm-hmm. improvements to that defense. And don't forget about Jamal Adams, who was playing awesome in week one before he got hurt last year. If the defense is just average, I think they can get to 11 or 12 games because I think they're going to be so efficient on offense. Do you trust Jamal Adams in coverage? No, but he doesn't really cover anymore. He's really okay. like a box exactly. linebacker. Exactly. So with Seattle, look, they're in a weak division. That's going to help them tremendously. But I don't understand why there still seems to be this question lingering over Jared Goff and not over Geno Smith. Because no, to I me... Think, I think they're both... I, I think you can rank both of them as top five quarterbacks in the conference this year. I don't think you have to tear down one to prop up the other. No, but I think we've seen a lot more from Jared Goff than we have Geno Smith, career-wise. 100%. 100%. And, uh, you know, I I don't want to say the message has gotten stale in Seattle or anything like that, but I think Seattle kind of lucked out a little bit last year. There were some really questionable calls when they played the Rams in Los Angeles late in the year uh, to, to make the playoffs, and some people thought Seattle shouldn't uh, win, have won that game. Um, so I, I look at Seattle as a good team that's just going to be out. Plus, we always have an, an influx of new teams in the postseason. I've got three new postseason teams here. My kind of surprise team, my last year's Lions, that's going to be, I think, 8-9 and nine or 9-8 nine and eight this year that people will be talking about heading into 2024 is the Atlanta Falcons. The way they're going to be able to play offensively, I think it's going to give a lot of defensive coordinators fits. And it's going to, they're going to be hard to defend. I think they're going to play a different style of ball than other teams do, similar to the way the 49ers play a different style of football. I still don't like Atlanta's front seven. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of it. But, you know, going into last year, I wasn't a fan of Detroit's defense at all. And they proved it early. By the way, I think they lost to Seattle like, 47 41 or something but yes atlanta is my x-factor team and they're in the nfc south where the competition is weaker i i could see them sneaking into the postseason i could it wouldn't shock me i think atlanta has a really good chance especially if they can run the ball well which they should be able to and as somebody who owns a lot of desmond ritter rookie cards i'm hoping that yeah that that's what holds me back is it's just a massive question mark at quarterback for this team. I actually I like Arthur Smith. I do too. And I said I I think formation wise and the the chess pieces they have that are very versatile on offense. <clears throat> excuse me. I think that they can make some hay, but you got to get after the other quarterback, and you have to be able to play some quality quarterback uh, to to be able to win. And I think that's what's holding them back. But it would not shock me if they won eight games and people are talking about. Next year. So there you go. The Bears, the Vikings, the Cowboys, the Saints, the Lions, the 49ers, and the Eagles. Marcus and I both have the Eagles emerging uh, from the tournament, at least from now until I change my mind. Uh, but as always, sir, I give you the final thought. Don't forget about the Giants. The Giants have a really good formula going on defense with just a bunch of pass rushers. Dexter Lawrence is one of the best players in the NFL who you might not know. 
I cur- I'm curious to see what Brian Dable has in store for year two if this Giants offense, because I expect them to be light years better on that side of the ball. And just the other day, I asked you, would it surprise you if Washington ends up better than the Giants? And you said no. And now you're you're taking yeah, a hard. I, I like to. I mean, you know that I, I I'll, I'll speak out of both sides of my mouth from time to time. It's fine. Any any vote for uh, Sam Howell here? Any vote? Any yeah, way Washington? No. No, I think I think they have a chance to be the Lions team that's like eight and nine and really good, but misses the playoffs. You know, I'm thinking just as it, it, because, you know, before we go here, all the other teams that we didn't mention, we do like to mention a lot of teams on the pod. I don't think Carolina is there yet. I don't see Tampa Bay doing it. I think Arizona is the worst team in the league, quite frankly. The Rams, this is a rebuilding year in my mind. The one team that we didn't talk about at all that could sneak in here would be Green Bay. Any thought on Green Bay sneaking its way to the seven seed? Nah, I think they're the worst team in the NFC North. Okay. <laughs> Unless we get four. Te- we could get four teams. Now, from one no, we're not getting there. four from the North. It's just not happening. I, I know. If Well, if we did, it'd be the AFC North, not the NFC North. That's for sure. But uh, that's going to be it for us. We thank the good folks at Believe and at Brinks and also uh, at Bet Online for sponsoring this podcast. And, of course, the great Marcus Mosher. He's at Marcus Mosher, Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. You think I would know that by now. Covers the Cowboys for Locked On Cowboys. He does a Dynasty podcast. He's on there twice a week. Also on the Locked On Network. And then covers the Raiders for USA Today. Raiders Wire. And by the way, he started writing for the 33rd team. So why don't you Google that, you know? Do people Google? Do they no. do they Google? Is that what we say? Is that what the kids say? By the way, I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. We, we appreciate you guys. Take care, everybody.